Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunandgeeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, why Amazon Prime Day is such a big deal. Is this the end for the rock's time at the top? And why you need to listen to Hope's Fall once again. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another edition of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to all of our shows, whether it's the Pop Culture Cosmos shows, the Humanic Media shows, or anything else that we produce for you, we just truly appreciate you taking the time and doing so. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the legend behind Humanic Media. You got to check out all the great things that he's got going on today at HumanicMedia.com, Humanic Media on YouTube, and so much more. It's my good friend. The man who's awake for this time is Josh Peterson. Just glad to see you up and about, my friend, and glad to see you feeling good. Anything after 11 o'clock, you're going to get like a 10% version of me. But I'm checking out this. I just put out some concept art from the third act of Zack Snyder's Justice League had he finished it. Have you seen these pictures? No, I haven't had a chance to take a look at it yet, but I know Rob McCallum and I discussed it on a previous cosmic crossfire and he questioned my sanity for even delving into that aspect once again why would i want to be so crazy as to even worry about a extended cut or director's cut of a mediocre movie at best which i thought it was i thought it was all right i thought it was the best that the three movies that have been out that deal with batman and superman in recent note but to me it's kind of intriguing that there was this whole other story to it what are your thoughts on them I think they look really cool. I, I mean, so this this was the thing with Zack Snyder was the fact that despite the earlier films, you look at some of his stuff and you're like, oh, okay, where is this going? He did have a plan. Like he, and he said it in interviews, he said it on Twitter, he had a plan and it was all going to go somewhere. And though some of the past decisions were questionable, you know, if you're reading this stuff about where the movie was going and now they put out this concept art, it was, it looks like it was going to all go somewhere really really cool and then it you know not to say that his daughter the death of his daughter ruined the the movie but i think the warner brother execs did a lot to kind of butcher the film and seal the fate of their dceu i might sound like a fanboy but i hope that this long cut does exist because that would be cool but i'm you know i doubt we're gonna see it even if it does but yeah the concept art looks really cool it looks like he had a much longer story in mind because I think Justice League cut in at what an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And it's so funny. Also, one of the stories is that is actually Zack Snyder's yacht that was used in the end credit scene as well. 
Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Because all the other DC films were, you know, they went probably a little bit over two hours, I want to say. But yeah, it just it seems like there's a lot taken out of the film. And I would have loved to see what his vision all the way through would have been like instead of what Joss Whedon's, you know, butcher job was. I am seeing some of the actual shots and concept art as we speak. And it is really looking cool. Now, I don't want to put too much on Joss Whedon on this because obviously he did a great job with the Avengers. And he was given only so much to work with at this point in time. So maybe we can consider it as much of a Band-Aid, if anything. But I don't want to be as harsh on him as, as saying it's a butcher job, per se. But I think there was a directive that was made clear by, like you said, the Warner Brothers executives on how they wanted to finish and complete this film that steered away from Zack Snyder's original direction for what the ending he thought should be. I am looking at the original concept art now. and It really looks like it would have been something special that might've included the dialogue, the, the plot points and some of the things that were, were not so good about it. But then again, there were also some aspects I really like with justice league, which included the team building, the morale, the, the actual interplay between the characters, which I thought far and away was the best part of this mediocre film. It felt very Marvel-esque to me, some of those parts. And I don't dislike the film. I felt like it could have been better. You know, like when you walk out of a movie and you're like, I don't hate it, but it just didn't live up to my expectations. Same here. Same here. Like I said, to me, it's a mediocre film at best, which Rob just constantly gets on my case about for even wanting to see it again, much less an extended version. But... To me, it's a very just... Let's not forget, Rob is kind of hypercritical about pop culture movies, so... Yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, he has some tastes, which I don't agree with, and, and vice versa. But be that as it may, I, I would like to see what an extended cut is all about, just to see what Zack Snyder's original vision would be. We're not talking about Zack Snyder right now. We're not talking about the Justice League. There's a whole bunch of stuff we do need to talk about when it comes to the pop culture cosmos. We will have Rob McCallum once again in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire to probably give me more grief, but he is going to be there. He's going to talk about the collective efforts that are being made to try and combat the ever-growing power known as Netflix. Plus, we're going to recap the box office here domestically and what the fortunes look like for not only Hotel Transylvania 3, but what's going on with The Rock and could we be getting some diminishing returns going forward? as far as his star capability is concerned. Jay Bartlett shows up later in this broadcast to talk about Overwatch and the major deals that they signed with ABC, ESPN, and that family of networks from Disney in regards to the Overwatch League and Blizzard just making a humongous deal and what that means not only for the Overwatch League, but for consumers, esports fans, and all that as well. We're going to be delving into that a little bit later in the episode. Plus, Josh is going to remind us why you need to check out the latest album after a long, long hiatus. It is Hope's Fall, and he's going to tell you why you need to check out their latest album coming up later in the program. But first, it is Amazon Prime Day coming around the corner. Josh, it is a big deal with big savings on the 16th and 17th all over the place in every single category and being the world's largest retailer it's been a good thing to an extent they have evolved from their original prime day which was in my opinion atrocious 
where they were trying to basically offer discounts and and give primetime selections and primetime platforms to things and items that nobody wanted or desired or were out of date. I remember seeing a lot of original Xbox and PlayStation 2 titles that were highlighted and that were being shown there as far as a major deal. And I was going, is this what I came online for? Is this what I went to Amazon for? And this is just awful. And that really didn't start off Prime Day on a good note. That was 2015. Obviously, they have learned their lesson from then. It is now expected from the original near $1 billion that it generated in 2015, it is now expected to earn during the Prime Day time period. It's expected to earn and generate over $3 billion within that 24-hour, 36-hour period alone. So I ask you, Josh, how important is Amazon Prime Day, not only to Amazon themselves, but to most importantly, the consumers out there themselves? I don't necessarily know how important it is, but I think that it's a good gimmick for Amazon. If anything, because you can buy a month of Amazon for $12.99. So if anything, you think what they're counting on is people paying for the month and then you know, doing the 30-day trial and then forgetting that they did it and just have it to keep continually billing throughout the cycle. But no, I like the idea of having a day because it, it kind of, it's, it's a big day for them. You know, it's like Black Friday on Amazon, even though Amazon has a, their Black Friday and they have a Cyber Monday. It's like a day where the people genuinely look forward to, you know, they, they don't have to line up, but they do sit at their computers and they're just ready to order whatever. And I know it used to be garbage, but now you can get things for cheaper. You know, Amazon always, as far as like games go, Amazon, if you pre-order games, you get like 10 bucks off if you're a Prime member. But, you know, it's nice because now they're actually putting popular games out. You can get things up to like 50% off, if I remember correctly. They already posted some deals where you can get 20% off TVs and all that. Important? I don't know, because without it, Amazon, I, they, they would probably still be floating. But it's a nice gimmick. It's nice to, it's a good recruiting technique for people who, want to uh, you know be a part of Prime or thinking about being a part of Prime because they can kind of get on there and get a taste of what some of the deals are like. And I know they even have like flash sales throughout the year. So Amazon's very, they're very clever in their marketing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see what comes out, but I got a few Amazon gift cards that I'm ready to spend come Prime Day. Got that plastic rubbing together and you're ready to just go ahead and spend that money. But for them, as the revenue gets generated more and more, and like I said, it started out with close to a billion dollars in 2015 originally, and they had a lot of issues and a lot of people gave them a lot of grief over the selection of items. I think they've listened over the course of time. They've gradually increased their sales, and it is projected that they will do over $3 billion this current Prime Day season, which to me is a big step in the right direction because then they'll start to understand when they utilize this as one of the cornerstones of why you should get an Amazon Prime membership, they will focus more and more attention on it. And thus the deals that are out there will become better and better for the consumers at large. They'll become more attractive. The supplies will get larger. And maybe, like I said, we'll, we'll create a viable marketplace that you'll be able to go ahead and buy even better things at better prices. I was just checking out earlier, there are substantial triple figure discounts as far as over $100 
150 $200, going to be off on cell phones, electronics, TVs, like you mentioned, 20% off there. The Amazon Prime account, which you can get on upcoming games up to $20 off already, makes it even more enticing, possibly even sales there. I know with a lot of the existing games that are out, there's going to be a ton of sales as far as for gamers. DVDs, Blu-rays, oh my goodness, streaming. There's even going to be sales on streaming movies and things of that nature. The DVDs and Blu-rays, that is a favorite, and that has always been a favorite of the Amazon Prime Days. So if you're looking for movies and television, expect to see a lot of discounts there collections i know i'm still looking forward to getting the lord of the rings extended collection on blu-ray i've been waiting for that right sale and i hear rumors that they might be going ahead and putting that back on a a heavily discounted sale so that is a possibility that comes to life during that period of time you know i'm going to be keeping my eyes on that and a lot more i know a lot of technology industries and technology companies are now focusing more attention and even for that matter, non-technology companies, whether it's garments, whether it's for the kitchen, whether it's for the living room, what have you, a lot of manufacturers and companies out there are targeting Amazon Prime Day as one of the cornerstones of their business. Do you think that in response, I don't because I haven't really paid attention the past few years. In response, do you think that stores like Target and Best Buy are going to try to put some kind of sale out there to get attention off of Amazon and back into their stores if possible. Cause I remember target started doing some kind of like things similar to cyber Monday too, by cutting prices on that Monday following black Friday. So I'm just curious, what do you think of that? But that's the point they're doing all those sales around the black Friday area, which is great, but it's for that general time period. Now you and I who have experienced time in the retail industry know that for most companies out there in the retail industry, a significant to a almost dominant amount of the percentage of their sales come from that Black Friday period. Now you've got Amazon with their Prime Day that's generating a ton of revenue at another point in time during the year. That signals to those other retailers that, hey, they've got to follow suit. If you haven't already, you will be seeing in the coming years, like you said, Best Buy, Target, and especially Walmart targeting those Amazon Prime Day sales because if they don't, they're going to be severely financially impacted within a matter of years because I only see this Amazon Prime Day thing going up and up and up. And they may actually in the future may add another day near the beginning of the year, let's say in a March, you know, and like bookend it. Wouldn't that be a good idea if they did that? Yeah, definitely. I'm, you know, I, I have, I still have love for the uh, people like the shopping stores, but you can't deny that there's just something that feels great about sitting at your computer and spending a lot less money on something and getting it almost the next day with minimal or your phone. You could do it from your phone. Right, right. Exactly. It's just, it's so convenient, but it also makes me sad because I know that, you know, who's to say 10 years from now, we're not going to be able to, uh, go out to a store and actually purchase something everything's going to be done from the comfort of your home which sounds good in theory but it's probably going to it, it you're just going to miss out on all the fun of like holiday shopping and all that well this is something you and i discussed with the fall of toys r us as far as the ambiance and nuance of actually going to the store and looking at everything and physically touching and things of that nature 
which to you and I bring back fond memories, but unfortunately to Toys R Us, all it brought was memories and unfortunately it did not bring any extra revenue. And they were caught going against the grain on that. And unfortunately it ultimately led to their demise because they weren't able to get a foothold in the online marketplace to any extent, which was a shame because you and I both loved Toys R Us, but you and I see this same pattern going on as well as Douglas and I, we just talked about that at Retro City Games about how the big business and online scenario as far as the marketplace is concerned even impacts his business as one of the leading video game retailers in Las Vegas area still impacts his business. And if it impacts his main competitor, which is GameStop, which rumors has GameStop thinking about the future for them may not be 100% stable, which was always been in question because in the online marketplace being so dominant, will these brick and mortar stores stay open? That leaves a problem for him. If they go out of business, making it easier in one way for him and not making it easier for him in another. So I can see from all these vantage points, what online shopping does, the convenience of it. And I shop online all the time myself. And also the effect it has when you and I go ahead and hit that purchase button on our computer or on our mobile phone. And like we said, $3 billion is going to be generated over the Amazon Prime Day period. That's an amazing number in such a short period of time that's not named Black Friday or holiday. So I see this only getting larger each and every year. And there's going to be those stores and there's going to be those entities like a Walmart, Target, Best Buy, or what have you that's got to do something to creatively combat this awesome sales day coming up very soon from Amazon. What are your thoughts on Amazon Prime Day? Are you excited to be ready to shop and spend all your money off those plastic credit cards or gift cards that you have on Amazon over the next few days? Do you not like the fact that there's now another major time that you have to be worried about spending a lot of money? If you're worried about that, let us know. Or if you want to see more Amazon Prime Days during the course of the year, like maybe one closer to the beginning of the year, or if you want to see them span it out where it's three or four over a year period. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like I said, we got a great episode coming up for you here today. We've got Jay Bartlett coming up later in the episode talking Overwatch League. We've also got Josh and I talking Hope's Fall and also this weekend at the box office. But first, we've got coming up right after the break, it is Rob McCallum giving me more grief as only he can on the Cosmic Crossfire right after this. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend, 
He is the man behind Rob McCallum Films. You gotta check out everything that's going on with Rob McCallum Films at robmccallumfilms.com, Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, and at Rob McZob on Twitter. It's my good friend. It's Rob McCallum. You've got a lot going on, as always. Just appreciate you coming back after a little bit of an absence. It's just you were so worried, weren't you? I was kind of worried. Just kind of worried. Kind of worried. I was wondering if Thanos got you too. I don't even know what that means yet. Ah, well, you will someday. You will. Great to have you back on the show, my friend. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks for the crossfire. We've been in syndicated reruns, I guess, or whatever you've been doing behind the scenes as I've shifted locations and reset up, and my body is mostly healed from the lumbering crap I've had to pull from yet one location to another location. And I can confirm, at this point, I literally threw out one and a half metric tons of useless crud from my old place. So we're free from that. The, the mighty purge has happened. I know there's been some discussion about the different kind of purge on the PCC. This was the ultimate purge. And I can literally say now I have thrown out a ton of crap in my life. That's awesome to hear. Uh, just, well, you know, it sounds like you never know how much you hoard as an individual until you do a move and you find it. You have all this extra stuff on your hands. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? Well, it's not so much my stuff because I had a pretty slimmed down version from coming from Vegas to Canada, but my uh, my fiance had been living in her house for 10 years and, uh, you know, her ex didn't really do a lot of cleaning up stuff and didn't take a lot of crap with him. And, well, that's his loss and uh, the dumpster's gain. Oh, there you go. There you go. But, Rob, we're here to talk pop culture and you're the man to talk to on that. So, pray tell, Rob. What's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? Well, we are going to take more of a, a technology spin, I guess, this week compared to movies and trailers and stuff. And we're going we're gonna to start off with Netflix and Amazon Prime Video, two companies and streaming services we obviously talk a lot about. They infiltrate everyone's daily lives. And maybe they've got to be put on notice and it's time for them to watch out as European networks are joining forces specifically to combat Netflix and Amazon. Have you heard about this? A little bit about it. It's, it's, I know there's there's all this measures against Amazon and Netflix because of the fact that they are now such large entities. With Netflix, pretty much, I guess, I think at this point in time, the most viewed product right now on, on the entire earth. It's pretty understandable why that other entities have to go ahead and even join forces in order to combat against this. Well, countries such as France, Germany, and UK are setting up massive on-demand services that combine their biggest broadcasters. So if you were to take the UK, for instance, you'll have BBC on a streaming platform combined with Sky and basically, I think, what is it, ITV is the other big one that they have over there. Yeah. Everything is kind of being combined onto one platform per country. This launches in 2019, and of course, it's not just that these broadcasters are coming together. They bring those licenses with them. So if one of those broadcasters has the license to the Big Bang Theory, that's going to be on the streaming service now. So is this too little too late? Is this going to be a legitimate uh, combatant to Netflix and Amazon Prime? What are your thoughts? I don't want to say it's too little too late for those countries that 
because it's hard for us as here in this country in in my in my country us right now your country is canada right now so <laughs> in my country exactly so it's not to sound like that all territorial and all but it's, it's hard to say because you're not in that in those countries in those areas that will be affected primarily but it's very hard when there's uh let's say a race car or a race horse that has such a large lead over the field at this point in time and it's almost to the point where netflix is lapping the field now at some point in time netflix is going to have this little bump in the road and uh, other entities get to take advantage of that but that sounds like a great offer that is going to be formulated do you think they'll be able to coexist long enough to be able to provide something sustainable long term as a viable candidate that uh, is against Netflix and Amazon? Well, what I think that these countries have going for them is that they get to bring the best of the best, these staple multi-generational brands together that get free kind of broadcast over the air advertising that are in the papers that are these institutions that Netflix isn't. These are, these are traditional cable services that have literally shaped the entire culture. And now that they're coming out with an online on demand streaming service, I think that just further expands their reach, whether it's enough to stop Netflix or compete on equal footing. I'm not sure, but if I'm somebody who is paying for cable, this might be a nice little alternative to just go to the internet side of things and just stream it that way. I know there's a lot of cord cutting discussion in North America. More and more people every day seem to cancel their cable package and uh, satellite package. And I am definitely amongst those people. And I've been a Netflix subscriber for a long time. But hey, I'm now an Amazon video subscriber as well. And I probably spend 50-50 time between the two platforms. And there's a lot of other stuff out there too. So if I had an option in Canada to have CBC and CTV and Global, which are some of the bigger channels here, that would be a really uh, enticing package for me. And when you have sports stuff that's infused with some of that, imagine having an ESPN with, say, a Fox and an ABC and an NBC streaming platform. That might be a little bit something to our American listeners that, hey, yeah, I would pay 10 bucks a month for this cable package that also included these sports and these other things. I don't think you're going to be able to see that in this country. I mean, we've already seen where you have CBS All Access all by itself. NBC Universal talking about uh, has had a little interest in, in doing something like that. Gerald, uh, in the world Hulu. of Movie Pass, never say never about combining different services together. If Movie Pass can do what they've been doing for over a year now, surely some third party middleman conglomerate can come along and say, for 50 bucks, you get unlimited access to the big five networks in the US plus all this stuff and we'll eat up the cost difference and we'll basically mash all their services together through our special device. Well, when it comes to MoviePass, you see what's going on there. And they're now raising their prices, surge pricing. Some people are are actually leaning away from it. There's now- But price aside, they managed to infiltrate every single major theater chain and get and get everybody on board with their service. That's what we're talking about here. They have become competitive and they're the only player out there to basically have a universal currency at the theater. Well, it's great to see other countries being able to do it. I don't think this country will do it, unfortunately, because at this point in time, like I said, CBS All Access is out there. ABC will probably, if it's generated for shows, if it doesn't go to Hulu, which was purchased primarily by Disney, 
then you'll see it on a Disney streaming service. So you'll, you won't see that type of cooperation. But I do, going back to your original question way back when, on the European marketplace, is that going to be something that might compete? I think it will. I think it has a chance to put a nice little dent into it. It all depends, like you said, on the programming that's available for those consumers. Rob, I know you got a lot of stuff on the plate right now. So if you can give everybody what's going on in your world when it comes to Rob McGallum Films. Well, we are right around the corner, of course, from Power of Grayscale release. That date is still a mystery for whatever contractual reasons. It's coming, though. And uh, the Kitty documentary is out there, and it's actually doing really well. Missing Mom continues to do well. Galaxy of Hope has been something that Jay Bartlett and I have been talking about as, as of late. We had talked about a relaunch this month, and we decided we're going to push it back another month and launch a Facebook page and let people kind of get on board and build the community a little bit more than, than we had done with our first launch. So we're targeting an August 7th campaign relaunch. We've been busy behind the scenes and got some interesting irons in the fire with that one where it's allowing us to go after maybe mainly just production funds. So it'll be a little bit easier to possibly hit that goal to see a collection road trip uh, worth the ages across North America to secure Star Wars memorabilia that'll go and benefit uh, Children's Health Foundation. So we'll see if we can get that off the ground. And just busy with my own projects. Boxer continues to do well. I was working with Mr. Glenn Stanway as of late. He was recording some voiceover drops for uh, ongoing segments that will appear in every episode. And uh, we're working with Slopes Game Room out of the UK, who's doing some segments as well. And just kind of waiting on those folks to get their content in so we can send it off to legal. And then it goes to market. And if you want to get the latest updates on what's going on in Rob McCallum Films, there's no better place to go than Rob McCallum Films on Facebook or at Rob McSob on Twitter. Rob, it's always a great pleasure having you on the show. And if you want to ask us a question at any time at all, just send us a line either at Rob McCallum Films on Facebook or PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Rob, it's always great having you a part of the show, my friend. Maybe next week. Not moving anywhere, are you? I don't know. We'll see. Keep you uh, anticipated. It's a it's a lose-lose, I think, Gerald, because if I'm not back next week, a little less content, a little less fun. But if I am back next week, it's a little bit more harassment, a little bit more aggravation. I can't wait for that. I just can't wait. Well, Rob, it's always great having you part of the show and, of course, a part of the Cosmic Crossfire. Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, Head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. 
And we're back to the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford with Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to our show. If you need to know where all of our stuff is playing, whether it's Humanica Media on Humanica Media on Facebook, or whether it's all the places that the Pop Culture Cosmos and the Friday show, the PCC Multiverse, are playing, check out a listing of our newest, latest, and also greatest areas where they play. That's going to be at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. We have a listing of all the stations, radio, both online and also over the air that we're on because we're on two over-the-air FM stations and also several, in fact, just about a dozen online radio stations as well. Plus, we're on over 30 different podcast networks, and we have a listing of many of those and how to get our shows off those networks as well. Josh, you got a great thing going on with Humanic Media. So, man, tell me what's going down with Humanic Media. Topicocalypse. That's really all that's going down with Humanic Media. So we'll put a new episode up today. Check out the uh, latest one we put up about living on Mars, which is available now. And you check us out on the podcast radio network every Tuesday night. That's true. It is every Tuesday night. It's Attack of the Humanicans on the podcast radio network. But there's also some stuff coming up that I sent over to you that you will be playing on various Humanican media outlets. One of those items was an interview I did with Jason Williams, who played Flesh Gordon from the 1974 film of the same name. He came out with a book recently, co-authored it. And he and I sat down for about 45 minutes to talk about not only the book that he did, but his life in general, some of the things that he's done over his career in Hollywood, and some very interesting stories that he tells, not only about the heydays in the 70s, but also the influence of Flesh Gordon on a film that you and I both know very well, Star Wars. He talks about that and a ton more. That's coming up later this week. Also as well, I've got my full interview with Anthony Barberin, our man in the know on the NBA. We talk everything free agency, not only as far as the Western Conference, but the Eastern Conference and a lot of those pickups, whether or not they were good or bad. We share our thoughts on that extensively there. Plus, also be on the lookout on how you can get our full 20 plus minutes of thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp. We've got stuff that we could not air because of time limits that are extended thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasps. So be on the lookout for that as well. Josh, kind of a uh, off weekend at the box office, so to speak, because after the big hit from last week, Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was followed up by, well, what we kind of thought would be the number one movie at the domestic box office this weekend. That was Hotel Transylvania 3. It did okay, about about as expected, about 40 to $45 million at the domestic box office, followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp, which took a larger-than-expected tumble, a little bit over 60% as a whole, still hitting the high 20s. But in third place was The Rock's new movie, Skyscraper, debuting at $25 million, which was quite a bit less than expected for this type of movie. I want to ask you real quick, my friend, with The Rock not being able to really get this movie up and running here domestically, it still could score well overseas because with his last movie, Rampage, 
It didn't break $100 million here, but it did very well in China. What are your thoughts on The Rock at this point in time? Are you kind of worried about, well, not necessarily worried, but are you kind of down on his prospects as being a box office draw, even with all that he has coming up, including a Fast and Furious spinoff on the way? I don't think he's in any danger because, look, Baywatch didn't score so well, but then he bounced back with Jumanji. I think it's just box office trends man and like as far as like the the skyscraper movie goes it just doesn't look that good and i'm sure it's going people are going to red box the crap out of it when it comes out to download and digital and all that but he's having a flop you know and fast enough if anything the jumanji sequel and the fast and the furious will bring him back to star power but you know you have good films and you have bad films and people love the rock and if the rock really wanted to get back on top i think that he could all he has to do is you know, show up on Twitter a little bit, do a little, do some social media vids and then have a, a big, another big film come out like Fast and the Furious. And I think that he'll, he'll be back. Plus he's got that movie with Jason Statham, the Fast and Furious spinoff coming out. So I don't think he's in any danger of, of tanking, but I also think that people are only so willing to give big stars like that so many chances, you know, you're only allowed so many flops before people just stop having faith in you but you know the rock i think is at a point in his career where a little bit of wrong won't cause him to really crash and burn it all i agree with you on that but if his uh, let's say drawing power doesn't make the sequel to jumanji or the spinoff from the fast and furious big hits then people are going to start to wonder people are going to start to doubt him as a box office draw and and from there, you're probably going to see a lot less interest in his movies, which may f further necessitate or further expedite his desires maybe to get into politics, as he has mentioned from now and then. But I, I agree with you on that. We'll have to wait and see what his career pans out as. I still think he's got a lot left in the bucket as far as being a top draw in the industry. I think he has a lot of charisma that translates to a lot of different people and as far as big audiences are concerned it's just picking the right roles and you and i have questioned whether it's skyscraper rampage i thought baywatch his star power was going to pull it off but unfortunately that wasn't the case but we are seeing some misfires from him at this point in time and like you said you can only have so many misfires before people will go ahead and say hey you know what i'm moving on to someone else what are your thoughts out there on the rock Unless it does big overseas, it looks like Skyscraper is going to be falling down to the ground and collapsing under its own weight. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And send us your thoughts on the movie. We'd love to hear your thoughts if Skyscraper is worth watching, and we'll definitely pass that along. Coming up next, it's Jay Bartlett from Nintendo Quest star wars echo 3 and so much more he is going to be joining me to talk the new deal that blizzard and overwatch lined up with the disney family of television networks abc and espn we're going to talk about how that's not only going to change the outlook for the overwatch league but how this shapes esports in general we're going to be talking about that and a little bit more this is the pop culture cosmos game ticket fifty dollars Hot dog, $8. Team store item, 
$25. Haven't you listened to someone's dumb sports opinions? Worthless. Some people shouldn't talk sports. For everyone else, there's the Unspoken Podcast, available on most podcasting platforms, and on the web at theunspokensportspodcast.weebly.com. And we're back with the show. This is Gerald from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you sticking around and enjoying the broadcast. Well, it came across the wire last week that esports is growing by all leaps and bounds, and a major announcement was made in the esports scene with Overwatch and Blizzard Entertainment, of course, the parent company of the massively popular game Overwatch announcing that it's Overwatch League, which can be seen streaming all over the place, has now got an even bigger avenue and a bigger platform to go ahead and show its wares because it just signed a deal with the, I guess you could say the Disney, ABC, ESPN family of networks that are out there, which includes ABC, ESPN, ESPN2 and 3 and Actually, Freeform, you can include on that. ABC, the actual network as well. So there is a potential growth and audience of millions and millions of viewers actually now getting a better chance to see everything going on in the Overwatch League. But I got to talk to somebody about it. And who better to talk to than my good friend? He not only is the star of the amazing documentary Nintendo Quest, but he's also part of the quarter portion podcast the official podcast of star wars echo 3 i had to say that again but also he is our man to know when it comes to the overwatch league it's my good friend the original foo fighter himself it's jay bartlett what's up man how are you my friend how is las vegas it's hot it's yeah that's nice yep 110 right now just loving it getting all the humidity which is a rarity for us this week but only really one day of rain which we need all the rain we can get but what can i say man it's vegas i'm gonna come down there soon i promise and visit man i miss i miss you and i miss vegas definitely so well we miss you here speaking of las vegas because they have their own overwatch league team like i said it was announced that overwatch has really gotten itself a major platform for viewing what do you think this means with blizzard and the overwatch league signing up with the abc family of networks because as you know here in america and across worldwide everybody has at least a familiar idea with abc disney and the espn family of networks i i think it's fantastic i think uh esports truly are sports as an overwatch player myself i know that if you don't practice for a few days you really do get rusty it is like a true sport so i think bringing that more into the mainstream is a good thing i do have to get to, to give credit to the best game company in the world which in my opinion is blizzard i think this wouldn't happen if overwatch wasn't such a well-crafted piece of art so my my hat off to blizzard because those guys whether they're doing mmos you know RTS is shooters. They just, they're the perfect at their craft. So as I said before, this is going to go out to a big time streaming audience that's available, not just streaming platforms like Twitch, YouTube, and what have you. We're now talking about some major television programs and we've seen some esports in the past and currently 
that utilized the Turner Network area of outlets such as TBS and TNT here in the States. And there are other channels that go ahead and stream gaming as well. In fact, ESPN has dabbled into it before, but with this major announcement of the Overwatch League, I don't think they've actually have involved themselves with esports to the extent that they are going to do now with the Overwatch League. No, I believe this is another first. And again, what better game to uh, bring it in than Overwatch? I think this is great for video games in general. I mean, to bring this kind of attention not only to Blizzard and Overwatch, but competitive gaming, I think it's fantastic. And I think that this is a good positive stride. Now, to enlighten those that are out there about Overwatch being, like you said, a fast-paced first-person shooter, why do you think it was Blizzard and Overwatch was the one that ABC and ESPN actually said, you know what, we want to make the call on this game as opposed to, say, Fortnite, which has over 125 million players and is the hottest game on the planet right now, or something like PUBG, or even one of the traditional games that has been featured for many years now on esports platforms. Well, Overwatch has its own league, right? So I think that's the the first thing. You have uh, real teams owned by real people. You have professional players. And it's very much like a real sport. It's been running since January, which is, a, in my opinion, incredibly long season. I'm not too much of a sports guy, but uh, uh, we're into the playoffs now, which is nice. I think, again, it's a it's a testament to Blizzard and how well they do everything, including running their own league. Do you know what I mean? There's been a lot of Call of Duty tournaments and such like that, but nothing quite to the effect of Overwatch. And it's just, again, the craftsmanship of the game. Now, we've spoken before about the involvement of the Overwatch League and where you hope it goes to and hope it evolves into. Mind you, we didn't know that they were going to go ahead and garner such a mega deal with an outfit such as Disney, ABC, and ESPN and all that. But at this point in time, do you see this type of transition into such a major platform being the, I guess, key to having that evolving type of format where, like you and I had previously spoke on when it comes to the Overwatch League, actually taking place in the actual cities and arenas in those cities, as opposed to one centralized area like they do right now with the studio. Actually, I drove by it a couple months ago in Southern California. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Do you think it's going to take that next evolutionary step now that's on such a highly visible platform? Gerald, I certainly hope so. Again, I'm not a huge sports guy, but this would bring it to the next level for me. I would like to see my team's London and the Spitfires. I would like to see those guys travel from city to city. I mean, I know they're not stationed in England. You know, none of these teams are stationed where they say, but it would be cool for them to have to go to their, their own home cities. And, you know, there, there would be actual home games and away games because I think there's that different stress. You know, when, when you're out of your own studio and in, into someone else's studio, you know, it's not going to be a field, but I think you would see... How do I put it? it? It just would put another spin on the game instead of everyone being in the same comfortable, cozy studio. You know, it's like you're playing in your living room every day. You'd be in a different environment. I would love to see that. I don't think it's impossible. I do think it's the next step.
Well, I know for us here in Las Vegas, it would be something really easy to transition to because there are several outlets right here along the strip and basically the Las Vegas city as a whole that can cater to such an event, including an esports arena already at the Luxor Hotel and also downtown as well. They have uh, another esports arena similar to that. But when you come to the city right now, all you would see if you passed by the pyramid at the Luxor is this big, huge sign for an esports arena. So that tells you right there how much certain cities are already invested into the esports product. I, I agree with you that it would be awesome that if they would start going ahead and maybe move from location to location and actually have those home and away type formats where in, in the case of London, they would have some home games, quote unquote, against other teams where they would come in and obviously you would have the big crowd supporting them at those locations. I think it's got to happen. I mean, there's no shortage of money. I mean, it's Blizzard. Let's be realistic here. Honestly, I think it's just around the corner. We're going to have another Overwatch World Cup. I believe September, October. I, I'm not 100% sure on the date, but that's what it was last year. So that's very exciting as well. They're getting... Let's talk about XQC. You know, my absolute favorite player. Very controversial player, but talented nonetheless. You know, he's he's back. You know, he's going to be on Team Canada, which is awesome. I've always said from the beginning, they need someone to come in and kind of teach the guys... I don't want to say personality training because that's very harsh, but they need to be able to, you know, like handle interviews and kind of come up with their own characters, almost like if it was like wrestling, you know what I mean? So, well, that's what I've, I've said before as well that esports will never fully succeed on a platform and approach those general consumers out there unless they have something and a personality that they can draw into. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what they're pointing towards to. And maybe they can get those personality or personalities or even that type of rivalry that will actually generate the interest, not only in the hardcore gaming community, but the general consumer community as well. In the first few months with the league, you saw that with XQC, of course. He said some stuff on his private stream that was definitely wrong got fired shortly after but when he was on screen like he had a different personality they, they would all come out kind of like like i said like wrestling intros and everyone's very stone-faced and very nervous but xqc was always very like in your face kind of thing and i think they need a little bit more personality with all the teams to to really drive it to that next level i couldn't agree with you more on that because as I've spoken to you and also one of our other esports colleagues when it comes to the actual esports scene and all that, Christian Daniel Zamudio, I've said that basically for it to succeed on an even higher platform, they need to have those personalities people can draw into. Now it's on such a big platform like ABC, ESPN, and pretty much any of the networks that Disney, ABC, and ESPN want to put it on that they own that they do need those type of personalities that really will draw in the average viewer and be able to go ahead and draw those extra people in, those extra set of eyes in to make it even bigger than it was before. Well, I want to close out with this. Like I said, it's a major deal for esports and obviously as well for Blizzard. What do you see with this type of deal and this type of platform as far as evolving the actual game itself for not only the esports league and the esports hardcore players, but for people like you that actually love to play it at home 
every single day. I see basically that video game companies need to take a cue from Blizzard. I've said this for a long, long time. Overwatch doesn't need Overwatch 2 next year. In two years, Overwatch 3. They just keep evolving and adding on to one game. The same as World of Warcraft, the same as Diablo. Do you know what I mean? I think more game companies need to adopt this model. So, I, you know, I'm not going to invest 200 hours into the next Call of Duty because I know next year everything that I just did is going to be erased because the Call of Duty 20 is going to come out. I just wish that, you know what, maybe Overwatch is getting this global attention because, like I said again, it's so well-crafted and these companies need to understand that you don't need to erase and replace. You just need to keep adding on to a game. When someone's going to invest hundreds of hours... You don't want to have that fear, which I always do, of it being taken away by the next game. Those are some great words indeed from my good friend, the star of Nintendo Quest, which you can get today. Just order it today off of robmccallumfilms.com or even on amazon.com for that matter. It's an awesome documentary. You got to check it out with, of course, directed by our good friend, Rob McCallum. Can't always forget that guy right there. I talked to him once a week at least where he harasses me nonstop for as long as he likes it seemingly if you check out the Cosmic Crossfire. But it stars our good friend Jay Bartlett right here. One last thing before we go. I know you got a lot of hands in the fire just like Rob McCallum does. I know he had spoken the last time we were on the air with the Cosmic Crossfire about a revival of Galaxy Hope. But I want to hear about that, but also as well, Star Wars Echo 3 and some of the great things that you're involved in right now. Galaxy of Hope, we're looking to relaunch in August. We've just had to rethink the campaign a little bit. So we're really looking forward to that. We're going to push that very, very hard. Echo 3 is going strong as well. We have a, a local event in my city here in London at Storybook Gardens on the 21st of July. Now that is, Storybook Gardens is kind of like a, a mini Disneyland. So we're hoping to raise some good money for the Children's Health Foundation, for the Children's Hospital here. So you can always find us on Facebook at Star Wars Echo 3. That's the best place to get in contact. So reach out to us, guys. Looking forward to hearing from you. And you can check out the official podcast of Jay Bartlett right now, which is the quarter portion podcast available on Apple Podcasts and many other outlets. You didn't mention you wanted to do a Star Wars podcast. I can always do a Star Wars podcast with you, my friend, at any point in time. That's always up to you. It's no worries. I'm just, I, you know, I just got to go ahead and. and me. You got a little bit of a callum in you. That's okay. That's, fine. that's okay. Well, he rubs off on me. I'll tell you yeah. what. You know, when you get uh, ribbed by him on pretty much every single episode, you know, I got to rub off somewhere, man. Yeah. Got to rub off somewhere. Jay, it's always a pleasure having you a part of the program. I got to get you and your fellow compatriot, Mr. McCallum, together at some point in time. We couldn't do it for Solo, a Star Wars story, although awesome. we seem seemingly all of us seem to kind of like it. So I thought it was actually pretty good myself. So had some issues but then again they didn't detract from a whole as far as the enjoyment of the film and unfortunately we'll never see the rest take place because it didn't do so hot at the theater but it's going to be a little bit of a while before we can really talk star wars until episode nine although lando is officially coming back my friend i know you're happy about that i saw that i met mr billy d williams in 2001 at one of my very first cons with rob actually and he was the first guy we ran up to and it was my my first star wars experience with an actor so that was awesome 
Well, a lot of people are happy about it, and hopefully it will lead to a better science for the Star Wars universe and also a lot less toxic fandom. But as you and I both know, Jay, we'll have to wait and see. My friend, it's always great to talk to you. Check out everything that's going on today with Jay Bartlett. Again, on Rob McCallum Films, Star Wars Echo 3, the Quarter Portion Podcast, and also everything as well. Jay, it's been great talking to you, my friend, and I appreciate everything that you do for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. want to thank you so much for sticking around and enjoying the show. Josh, I was I was just talking to you before we went on the air about all the great things going on with Hope's Fall. They just released a brand new album. And I know you got to spend some time with them recently. And I wanted you to share, I wanted you to take some time to share why people need to check out their brand new album, which the first that they've worked on in many, many years. It's been 11 years since their last album, Magnetic North, came out. They were under a lot of pressure back then because they were part of a record company that had kind of forced the band apart. And then they, I guess, cut tracks off of the the true album. I mean, the album is still good, but they cut tracks off that the people, the band members are really proud of. But Arbiter is the first new album that they've come out with in 11 years. No, they're not all original members, but they do have the original drummer. Jay Forrest does the vocals. It's 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 the hopes fall that we we know and love they kind of i had a chance to sit down and listen to the album and they kind of it it sounds like they they really reinvented themselves but they reinvented themselves into something that just is amazing and it just the album is so good and if you get a chance to listen to it front to back like i would definitely do it because the album is more of an experience than anything else you can't just listen to a few songs and get it like once you listen to the first track all the way to the 10th track you kind of hear a story and they're talking about the arbor it almost sounds like it needs its own graphic novel but you know i can't really put it into words there's more of a story to it which but you know if you want to hear you should check out the episode of topic Ocalypse where we interview the drummer adam morgan he kind of talks about how the album came to being what they've been up to all this time and what inspired it and how they just kind of wanted to write music that they like and you know as a I'm sure as a, as people in the music industry, there's you always have fans who like they're they're either a fan of the the last album, they're a fan of the first one, they're a fan of the newest stuff. Like there's so much divide, especially in like the metalcore genre of fans just wanting so much of you. But they did a good job this time of kind of they went back to the basics of like satellite years and then just kind of reinvented the wheel, so to speak. But it's definitely worth checking out the album is called arbiter and you can get it on itunes or you can order off their off of their website it comes with you can get a vinyl edition too which i did pick up and it has a t-shirt if you're interested in that but yeah i would definitely recommend checking out the interview we had with adam morgan on topic Ocalypse. it's episode 35 and you can find it on itunes and podbean definitely looking forward to checking that out and one last thing before we head on out my friend 
on our Friday episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about the aftermath of Amazon Prime Day. Also, we're going to be gearing up for a lot of things this fall. And Comic-Con is right around the corner, so Josh and I will definitely be giving you our thoughts on that because for pop culture, there is no better thing to talk about than all the great stuff going on at Comic-Con. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Universe. The Earth Station MCU podcast is your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Join our debrief as we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, upcoming and past favorite Marvel movies, cosplay, comics history, toys, games, interviews, and all things MCU. Whether you're a hero or a villain, a new viewer, or have been reading comics since you were a kid, there's something for you on Earth Station MCU. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.